as we start Christmas, today is dedicated to the Bruce Willis and the Ebenezer Scrooges in the room. And, and which I think, honestly, they're, they're, thank you, I got a, a woot on that one. Um, which, honestly, I, I can say that I've played all three of these parts before. In fact, I literally was dressed up like Buddy Elf like less than 48 hours ago. You'll see a video about it in a second. But uh, honestly, I, I'd been on the Scrooge side of things where I'm just like, I don't get it. Especially in my 20s, I was just like, man, this is just a lot of hoopla. And as a Christian, I was just like, you know, besides, you know, what, you know the, the, the resurrection's more important than the birth, you know, and the, I got kind of indignant about those things. But honestly, I've kind of softened when it comes to Christmas. And I want to just start Christmas by, in a sense, explaining Christmas, why it's a big deal. And, and, and really, honestly, not just explaining Christmas, but like walking towards those of us who are like, I don't get it. Why did, why did this is really the, the Christmas question is, why did God have to come? Like, why did he have to come at all? Why didn't he just send a message? Why didn't he just send a prophet? Why didn't he just, um, you know, like maybe you're one of those people who are like, I'd like, you know, like I'd, I'd like to believe more in God. I have my doubts. I'd love it for him to, you know, write something in the sky, like make himself known more, you know, like, great, why did he do this 2,000 years ago? Why doesn't he do something more current, you know? Maybe just do, like, every decade, just do, like, a big, like, reunion tours, sell tickets on Ticketmaster. Never mind, that might be a bad idea. <laughs> you know, like, like why doesn't God, this is, this is for uh, those of us who ask those questions, like, why did Jesus have to come? And I, I thought about this, I was like, I thought about preaching my sermon and like building up to the end and like, you know, building to this really big idea, ha moment. And I decided, you know what, I want you guys to remember it, so I'm going to put it right in the beginning and just put it on the screen. The screen it goes like this. Basically, the big idea for today, the reason why God sent his son, why Jesus came in person, is God was wanting to do something personal. So God decided to do something extremely relational. That's why Christmas is such a big deal. That's why we celebrate it so much. That's why every year we come back to it, is because it's celebrating not just that Jesus, Jesus came or that God came, but that God wanted to come. That God felt like he, there was something he wanted to do that was so personal a conversation he wanted to have that was so uh, uh, important. He didn't dare have it any other way than in person and through the person of Jesus Christ. So God decided, in, in a sense, like, he almost had to do something relational. I mean, how many of you have ever had to deal with somebody who hurt you, but you still wanted to know that you cared for them? How many of you have ever had a conversation and you're like, or you're, 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 you're going to have a conversation and you're like, as you're thinking about the conversation, you're like, this is a really important conversation. I probably shouldn't do this over text. You know, it just, it just was too important to do over text. And so you called the person up and you set a, a coffee date. You know, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like I had a friend once. He got into it, it, he just made a really bad decision. And he got caught up in drugs, and he, he ended up in, like, this recovery program. And it, it all kind of fell out all at once. 
And he was all the way on the other side of this state, like in, I think he's in Glenwood Springs or something like that. And when I heard where he was, I'm like, I got to go to him. Because this is a guy I believe in, and I wanted him to, st- I wanted him to know that I believed in him, and I, I didn't dare just tell them that, that over the phone. I wanted to just see him, and he literally, because he was in this recovery program, we could only hang out for like an hour. But it was worth, you know, like the three-hour drive there, the three-hour drive back, just because some things, when, when, when you're wanting to do something personal, you, you have to do something extremely relational. It was so personal to God that he had to do it in person is what I wrote in my notes. And the result is, like, because God did it this way, we now know where we stand with God. How would we know where we stand? We stood with God if he did not come to stand with us. Here, I'm going to look at this verse. This, is a, this might be actually a pretty short sermon. Um, and it's going to be, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be great. It's just going to be cr- the perfect Christmas. Um, uh, I want to look at this verse, and you got Bibles th- there. These are verses you need to know where they are in the Bible. Galatians 4.4. 4. Galatians 4.4. 4. When somebody gets there in, in the church Bibles, go ahead and shout out the, the page number. 546. Once you get there, basically God, his desire to do something personal, something relational, he wanted to make a demonstration of his love for us. Galatians 4.4 says this, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, I'll explain that in a second, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Let me just read that again. Read it with, you know, you can read it in your Bible. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. I'm going to do a sermon um, on Christmas Eve that, that I invite all of you to come. We're, we're going to unpack this, like really talk about this verse a lot. The idea of this set time is um, it's, it really, honestly, like if you start to look at where Jesus was born, when Jesus was born, it really, like, it was like God hand chose the right moment in history. I, I, I once was watching a debate between um, an atheist and a Christian theist. And the atheist was like, okay, so Jesus is kind of important, right, for you guys, to the salvation and people knowing God and that kind of stuff. And the, the, the Christian was like, yeah. He's like, well, then what about all the people that were before him? And, and there's, an answer, there's another answer to that as well. But, but the, the, uh, the Christian theist was like, actually, if you look at the population numbers from now until, like, the beginning of mankind, only 2% of people lived before Jesus Christ that have ever walked on the earth. Isn't that incredible? There's been a lot of people in the last 2,000 years. 
you know, but at the set time, at the perfect time, at the perfect time when, when Rome and, uh, and the Roman Empire had put roads everywhere throughout the Middle East, um, parts of, of modern, you know, northern, northern Africa, uh, Europe, basically connecting a, a huge part of the known world by roads and, and put a common language between all of them. For the first time in history, that's when, at the set time, God chose to send his son when the set time had fully come. Born of a woman, just like you and me, boy, like, like a person. Born under the law, just like you and me, like, like the, uh, the laws of nature. Like if you do this, you stub your toe, you kick a rock, you're going to hurt your toe. You know, born under the law where if you lie to someone, you will break trust. You know, just like you and me, he was born under the law, to redeem those of all of us who are under the law, that's all of us, that we might receive adoption and sonship. Again, if you've been skeptical about um, the idea of like, okay, why doesn't God do something more current? I want you to stop and think about this for a second. 4,000 years ago, God appeared to this guy named Abraham and said, hey, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to build it, you, you into like a huge nation. He kind of just laughed. And then fast forward 2,000 years later, and, and through that line, through Abraham, it, God made a mighty nation. And then through Abraham's descendants comes this guy named Jesus. And then now, 2,000 years later, in the last week, like a billion people set up a Christmas tree. I just want you to stop and think about that for a second. Yeah, like, like maybe it would be nice if God did something more current. I have ideas about that. If God did things currently all the time, I think we just want a, the next one always. It just kind of seems what we want. But just think about this for a second. If you're skeptical about, okay, why doesn't God do more? He's actually done quite a bit. He made this promise 4,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, a guy shows up on a scene in the armpit of the Roman Empire. He's, he's in the backwaters of that armpit. He's a carpenter. He walks around and talks, he talks to people for three years, and then he dies. And we're still talking about him today. Not only are we talking about him today, we're celebrating his birthday, even though we don't know when it is. Do you know we know Julius Caesar's birthday? I don't know what it is. You know why? Because it's not that big of a deal. But Jesus Christ... We don't even know the day he was born. He was born in such obscurity. He was born to a woman under the law. God sent him that way. Just, I, guys, we have to think about this for a second. I think a good thing for us to do is every once in a while put ourselves in the shoes of God. If you were God and you were going to make a debut in this world, and this world and you are not on talking terms, let's just put it that way. The, 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 the beings that you created have in a lot of ways rejected you, dishonored you, pretend you don't exist most of the time. And you're going to appear to them because, not, not because you care for them. How would you do it? I mean, if it were me, I would want some glory. I would want, I, it, there would be a, it'd be a big light show. I mean, Taylor Swift would have nothing on my, my debut concert. Like, seriously, like, I, it, it, this is what I would do. And, and, and maybe you think that it would be great if God did that. But for some reason, he didn't. And I think there's good reasons. 
It's how we do certain things. We can communicate what we, what we think about people. And if, he did, if he did it in such a big way, if he, if he forced his will on us, would, he, would we have free will? Would we really be choosing him? But instead, the God of the universe poured himself into a little baby, fragile boy in obscurity. And we're still talking about it today. And then you fast forward 30 or 33 years, and that same, that, that baby boy grows up, and he knows what he needs to do. And he knows that in order to demonstrate his love, because in order, God had to demonstrate his love because you can't, you can't demonstrate love without sacrifice. That's why God didn't just send another messenger. That's why God didn't just write another book. It had to be more personal than that. And at the age of 30, somewhere 33 years old, Jesus knows he's got to go to death on a cross. And the irony is, is that people are mocking him while he's on the cross saying, why don't you come down if you're so powerful? And he was. But he swallowed that, that power, that pride, and, and, and took it for you and for me so that we might become sons and daughters of God. One more verse I want to look at, Romans 5, 8. And again, I want you, these are verses you need to know where they are in the Bible. Romans 5, 8. What page is that on? 530, 531, somewhere in there. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this verse is extreme. There's, there's something really cool that we got to think about with this verse. This is written by a guy named Paul. And he uses that present tense in this, you know, but, but God demonstrated his own love for this. While we were still sinning, while we were yet sinners, and the reason he could write that is he was alive and contemporary with Jesus, and yet he is nowhere to be found in the Gospels. There is no question that Paul knew who Jesus was in the, during the time of Jesus' life. Everybody knew who Jesus was, especially those in the religious orders that he was hanging out in. And he, for whatever reason, was not in it, probably because he was dead against it, because really quickly after the death and resurrection of Jesus, Paul is persecuting the church. He is literally like, like, like making it really hard for people to be a Christian, really hard for people to follow Christ, really hard for those who believed in the resurrection. And he's, and so can you, now read this again with that perspective. This is Paul. Don't read it for your, from your eyes. Read it from Paul's eyes. God demonstrated his own love for me that while I was yet sinning, I was resisting, I was dishonoring God, God died for me. And he, he, he brings it to us and he says it's the same thing for us now living 2,000 years ago. And you might think to yourself, I don't hate God, I'm not dis I don't dishonor, but it's, but can, we just, can we just shoot straight? That we spend a lot of our lives not even thinking about God. 
Even, even if you call yourself a, a Christian or a God follower, we spend a lot of our lives just living our lives as if God's not there. And then it's like, oh, Sunday morning, crap, I got to get to church. You know, and like, like it's, it's, it's real, isn't it? And here's the deal. Why did Jesus have to die? Like, why, why is that so important? Like, why? I thought about this this week. Why didn't, why didn't Jesus just, like, get up on a mountain and be like, all right, I talk with Dad. You're all off the hook. I'll see you later. You're, you're, c- congratulations. Today's forgiveness day. It's a get-out-of-jail-free card day. Here you go. I'm going back up to heaven. This place smells. You know, like, why didn't he just do that? And, and, and the answer is, like, he actually kind of did that already, and nobody believed him. There were times where he'd, like, heal somebody, and then they'd be like, he'd be like, oh, and by the way, your sins are forgiven as well. And people would just be like, you can't do that. They actually did a lot. They said a lot more than that. They were like, oh, my goodness. Well, they didn't do that because that's the sign of the cross. But they were just like, like, they, they were like, you can't do that. You can't, I mean, you can forgive somebody who hurt you, but that person didn't hurt you. So how can you forgive them? You know, they were, they were, they were um, indignant about that. So why did Jesus die? To demonstrate his love. If, if Jesus hadn't died and he'd said, he walked around and said, you're forgiven, you're forgiven, and then he had this peace out ceremony where he's just like, you're all forgiven, and just beamed up in heaven, shoo, you know, I don't think we'd be reading about him today. It wouldn't be Christmas today. We'd be doing something else. The reason that Jesus had to die is because God is the author of life. And and therefore, when we dishonor, anytime we dishonor the author of life, we forfeit our right to life. I was thinking about this week as well, like, like, I don't know if you grew up hearing, like, Jesus died in your place. It's like, so did I deserve to die on a cross? And it's like, no, it's a metaphorical death. The reality is, is if we spend most of our lives, and, and the author of life is this way, and we spend most of our lives walking this way, what are we doing? We're walking away from life, which leads necessarily to death. And so when Jesus took our death, it was, it was this metaphorical metaphor or this it's symbolic in this sense of we're walking away from God. And any time that we walk away from the, the author of life, we dishonor the author of life, we forfeit that life. It's a choice that we made. It's pretty simple. And it's, it, it, think, about our li- think about our lives. If we're born one day, and then we die another day, and miraculously, in between these bookends, we make a bunch of decisions. And a lot of those decisions we make as if God isn't even there. And we walk away from the author of life while we were still sinners, while we were walking away. Maybe this week, maybe we were walking away from God this week. Christ died for you and for me. That's why Christmas is so important. That's why we celebrate even the birth. Yeah, in a couple months, we'll have a pretty big party. That's kind of our Super Bowl Sunday when the whole resurrection thing, Easter. 
Yeah, in some ways, that's a bigger day. But the day that, that, that God decided, I love these people too much to not do something extremely personal and extremely relational, that's a day worth celebrating year after year. Can I bust out a $5 theological word on you? It's called the incarnation. That's what, the, that's what Christmas is all about, is God coming incarnate in flesh, in the body, to be with us. He, coming to be with us so that we can know that he is for us. That's the greatest gift of all. And that's worth celebrating. The Christmas carols are incredible. Honestly, guys, this is, if this is a great time of year just simply because of the music that's involved in it. Um, the, mu- the, 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 the words in some of these carols that are 100, 200, 300 years old are incredible. And we're going to sing one here right now. We're going to sing three, but we're going to sing one. The first one is, O come, let it is.